Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 247 of Hooked on Sports here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever get your podcasting streaming services. Thank you so very much for coming back for more conversation about the world of sports on this Hooked on Sports podcast. My name is Sean Flynn and I'm going to direct you through uh, this this week in the in the world of uh, of sports conversation, and and you, you can and, and the good news about this podcast is that there there's more to this than just li- listening to my vo- voice for a half an hour to an hour a week. You you can follow this podcast on Twitter and on Instagram and Threads. The uh, the uh, the username is hooked underscore on sports. On all of them, you can also follow this podcast on the Facebook page. You can also follow me on Twitter at John Flynn ninety seven, on Instagram at jflizzy, and same thing too over at Threads. Listen, we've got a lot to talk about today. Training camps are open all across the National Football League. I'm going to I'm going to let you know. Where, where, where my head is at in terms of, of, of how the NFL season, I think, is going to go later on. But uh, but we, we, we got to cover some big news across Major League Baseball. We got to cover uh, some st- uh, a, a, big, a big deal that went down in the NBA. But, but this is going to be the last podcast before the Major League Baseball trade deadline coming up, on, uh, coming up this two, upcoming Tuesday, the 1st of August. And the, the and the million dollar question, maybe the five hundred million dollar question for the Angels is what whether or not they're going to move Shohei Otani at the trade deadline. Because right now, if the season were to end today, it doesn't. The Angels would would be out of the playoffs um, as we speak. And this is with um, uh, with Otani be, being who he is. Uh, this is with Mike Trout on, on the team. Now, Mike Trout's been, been out for a few weeks because of an injury, but I digress. So, but the but the Los Angeles Angels right now have to have too much have too much pride under their stomachs right now because because they don't want to be the ones to to, to be viewed back like the Boston Red Sox were when they shipped Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees in ni- in December of nineteen nineteen. They don't want to be the, viewed as the one as the team, so that that gives up on on, on Shohei Ohtani, our generation's Babe Ruth. Yeah, he, Shohei Ohtani is is that is that dude. He is he is that uh, much of a rock star. Not 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 just in, in the U.S. because I mean because he, he is uh, maybe the most popular player in all of Major League Baseball as we speak. But 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 this is international stuff as well because it's because of the international appeal that Otani's brought to the game. We saw what he was able to do with the World Baseball Classic and so both both at the plate and on the hill. He of course struck out Mike Trout to end the World Baseball Classic back in March. It, it was a, a fairy tale story uh, come true here when when it comes to Otani. But but, but there are teams that that, that I that are, are we know are interested and and there are teams that I think will be interested 
uh, in terms of trade, uh, in terms of uh, Shohei Otani and what he brings to, uh, to the table. We know that the Baltimore Orioles and the Arizona Diamondbacks are, are reportedly among among the teams that are interested. In in Shohei Otani and and both both teams make a lot of sense because they 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 are young talented teams both have great farm systems still uh, it seems like if you if the Baltimore Orioles are bringing back uh, are bringing up a, a new person every two weeks whether it whether it's Westberg or 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 whether it's Gunnar Henderson or whether it's Grayson Rodriguez or anything like that that the the Baltimore Orioles. Have it going on, and and they have and they have the opportunity to to, to do some special things here uh, for uh, for the, for the future, and, and they are in a perfect position to uh, to trade for Joey Otani, and, and also the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I told you preseason they were going to be an just interesting team. I I and I knew the Diamondbacks were going to be an improved team from last year. I think I think I think we saw some of that. In the second half of last year, with Zach Gowan and Patrick uh, and Corbin Carroll, and uh, be, uh, be, uh, being uh, being uh, being who they are, and then we we saw it again in the first half of the season. I think they're going to uh, they're going to be on the decline a little bit. So, uh, but but bringing in Shohei Otani to the desert, it's um it is I think would be a gigantic deal. Uh, if for, for for those teams and and the Diamondbacks have the prospects to do it, so I think the Arizona Diamondbacks should absolutely be all in, especially on Shohei Otani. As but now there are other teams that I think that could be interested in, uh, in the services of Shohei. Uh, uh th- that I think makes sense for Shohei Otani. One one East Coast team I think is the Tampa Rays because the Rays have so the Rays have as good a farm uh, a, a good a farm system and as and as south of the team as there is, Otani would change the entire picture in Tampa Bay and the American League if he gets shipped over to the Rays. But 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 I feel compelled that Joey Otani is going to want a West Coast team, whether it's the Seattle Mariners, whether it's the San Francisco Giants, whether it's the LA Dodgers. Those are three teams that make sense for Joey Otani landing spots. But but all these teams. Have to answer this question for Shohei Otani. Do Do you think uh, Shohei Otani is going to sign long term with your with your team? Because uh, because if the answer is yes, you absolutely trade trade for Otani now and then and then work something out uh, in uh, in the next few months. So give Shohei Otani a trial run for uh to to, to see how exactly it's going to fa- fare out. Um, it's it's gonna be like a a tri- a trial for for Shohei Otani on all of those accords. So it then breaks up what the Giants can do, what the, what the Mariners can do. But the thing about those two teams is that they don't have the prospect value. They don't have the the minor, uh, the farm system capital like the LA Dodgers, and and that's where. So the, the 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 idea of Otani going to the Dodgers would scare the living hell out of the National League, especially San Francisco. You know, 
I mean, the, 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 the Giants won that won that division one year, and then the, the Dodgers beat him in the playoffs. And outside of that one year where the Giants won 107 games, the Dodgers have won the NOS in each of the uh, in each of the nine uh, nine of the last ten years. And uh, and unless something changes, it's going to be a tenth out of the last uh, ten out of eleven because the Dodgers have it going on. The they, they have the pitching. Um, is that they they have the hitting? They came back in a big way last night against the Toronto Blue Jays. So Shohei Otani to the Dodgers makes a lot of sense. The problem is is the ego of Audie Moreno for Shohei Otani. So that's going to be the million dollar question for show uh, for uh, for Major League Baseball. The five hundred million dollar question for that accord. Now now that we've talked about Otani. There are other trade pieces that, that I think are going to be available besides Shohei Otani. And, and we, we could look all across the list here for, um, uh, for that. Because, because I think the number one name that comes to mind in terms of expendable trade pieces is, is Marcus Stroman, uh, the, the star pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, who is having to, uh, having to announce standing season with, with with the Chicago Cubs he um he is a, a, as a 3.09 ERA in in 122 innings pitched he, uh, he has uh, only allowed seven home runs in 122 innings so that 0.5 homers to, uh, per nine innings rate is is the best in major league baseball uh, in, excuse me the national league so, uh, so so I think the Cubs uh, have a lot of interesting pieces uh, that they, they, they can they can deal out and, and improve their farm system a, a even further because they have Marcus Stroman that they can they, they can deal out. Cody Bellinger has been on fire in the month of July. I think Cody Bellinger is uh, uh, resurrecting his career this year. Uh, he, he's sitting 314. Uh, with a 903 OPS, I think the former MVP is going to is going to be a player of great value so, as a rental. I, I think you look uh, look at those two, and I think the Chicago Cubs are are clear are clearly sellers. Now, in terms of the run differential in, in, in that division, the Cubs are, the Cubs have been the best uh, by by any uh, by uh, by a, a, a good margin in there because in theory. Uh, they, they they should be eight games over 500, but they've lost a lot of they've lost a lot of close games, and now they're six games off the pace in their division with uh, with um with Milwaukee and Cincinnati both playing uh, incredible baseball over the last uh, last month or so. So it looks like the Cubs are going are going to be sellers at the deadline. So so uh, so is it going to be a team like the Rays? Is there going to be a team like the the Miami Marlins is there going to be a team like you know the Texas Rangers uh, that that need a starting pitcher maybe Baltimore so so I think all those teams so uh, are certainly in in the market and certainly in the conversation about the starting pitchers but there's also the Dodgers too I think Marcus Stroman to the Dodgers makes so much sense in the world the Dodgers ha are decimated. On the injury front, in terms of the starting pitching, no Clayton Kershaw, no Walker Buehler, no Julio Urias. The, the, the those cats are are are, are currently 
uh, as we speak on the injured list. Noah Syndergaard um, uh, in there as well. So uh, you, you, you can talk about talk about those teams, but if the Dodgers want somebody uh, who, who, uh, who can help them this year and, and, be, uh, and be someone who, who can help out ne- next year, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, Shelby Miller is actually, and Dustin May are also injured. Excuse me, in, uh, instead of Julio Urias, but I digress. But 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 the Dodgers need, need a starting need a veteran starting pitcher uh, to uh, to to go out there alongside uh, Bobby Miller and uh, Bobby Miller and company. So 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 this so this Dodgers team is going to buy at the deadline. Says so. How exactly are they going to are they going to do it? I if if they don't land Otani at the deadline, I think they should absolutely go after uh, Mar- Mar- Marcus Stroman because the because the I don't know quotient about about their their rotation health would scare the living hell out of uh, out of the Dodgers organization, and, and if and if, they, if they want to beat the Braves in the NLCS, uh, if they want to, if they want to go to the World Series, that they they're going to need a healthy starting rotation. And right now, their their rotation, um, their regular starters are not healthy. So I think him to the Dodgers makes a lot of sense. Lucas Giolito is another pitcher that that that's going to be hitting the open market. Uh, that's probably going to be traded. So between now and the trade deadline, I, I know there there is a lot of buzz going around on on Twitter about the about the Rays potentially acquiring. Um, Lucas Giolito from the Chicago White Sox. I mean, the Chicago White Sox are a pathetic punchline. I mean, culture is toxic, bad coaching, bad ownership. I mean, remember, Jerry, Jerry their owner was the one that broke up the 98 Bulls. I mean, if, you, I mean, if you're going to, to, to tell me about ownership, you can, you can talk about maybe the most prime example of bad ownership, and that's the, the, maybe the breakup of the 98 Bulls because, because of Jerry Reinsdorf's arrogance and ignorance on there. So I think Lucas Giolito is going to get traded. I think, um, I think you you you're going to look at maybe Eduardo Rodriguez and Michael Lorenzen for the Tigers, both are having strong seasons. Scott Barlow for the Kansas City Royals is going to be someone that that's going to get moved at the deadline, I'm sure. Um, in terms, um, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty of the uh, of the flailing St. Louis Cardinals, I think both of them are going to are, are going to be uh, in trade conversations. Uh, in terms of in terms of a bat, maybe Heimer Candelario of the Washington Nationals. Maybe Victor, uh, we'll see uh, uh, too about Victor Robles. So, but 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 uh, but you can talk about like all the, uh, the hitting and and uh, and the mini Renaissance. Of the offense this year compared to what it was last year, so but but it's always going to be the pitching that that's going that's going to to propel teams to uh, to winning championships here, and, and I think you you look at a, a guy like uh, Marcus Stroman or a guy like Lucas Giolito or maybe Lance Lynn for that matter, I I think you're going to see an incredible um, um, incredible interest at the trade deadline come. Come August first, so so there's gonna be a lot of buzz about the trade deadline. What maybe also maybe about the Mets, what they're going to do because 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 I think David Robertson's gonna be someone that's gonna help out a lot, a lot of bullpens. Uh, maybe they can uh, maybe a team. Um, 
like the Guardians could acquire guys like Mark Canna and Tommy Pham. I mean, I mean, the Guardians are an offensively challenged team, and I think both of them would instantly make the uh, make them a competitor, make make their lineup longer uh, in terms of trying to catch up with the Twins in the division. This, so I, so I think they they they've really got it going on here for, for 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 that perspective. So, um, I mean the Mets are seven games out. They uh, I think they've got to sell. So and I think it starts with acquiring uh, by by selling guys like Robertson, Canna, and Fam. Is Max Scherzer going to go as well? I mean Scherzer's value has, has gone down a little bit because. Yeah, you know, he, he's had problems uh, keeping the ball in the ballpark this year. He gave up four home runs in his last start on Saturday against the Red Sox. So I think the uh, thing you look at a team, a team like a, a team like the the Rangers or a team like uh, you, you know a, a a team like the Blue Jays who need another pitcher. So I think Scherzer to the Blue Jays would make a lot of sense. Uh, on so many different levels, for, uh, because because of the of the capital the Mets can get back in return for a, a Max Scherzer trade, so I think you you look at that for all, all the intents and purposes of that. So I want to go on to a mind-boggling uh, situation with the Boston Celtics because Jalen Brown. The the, the a, a, a talented guard for the Boston Celtics just signed a mammoth five-year, three hundred and four million dollar contract extension, the supermax extension, and and this is a big deal for the Celtics because. I, I, because I think this is going to be a disastrous contract for for the Boston Celtics because Jalen Brown, it's, uh, I guess it gives, you you could talk about the talents of his team uh, 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 and and the talent that Jalen Brown is. I, I think that you you look at what Jalen Brown uh, uh, can do. I just don't think he's worth sixty million dollars a year. By any stretch of the imagination, when it when it comes to uh, when when it comes to the Boston Celtics and and, and their future, because because now the Celtics are going to be tied up. And by the way, it's a fully guaranteed uh, a, a a fully guaranteed contract for for the Boston Celtics um, for um, uh, with, uh, with with what's going on there. Uh, with with the Celtics because clearly the 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 Celtics have pinned their hopes and, and and they pinned all their hopes for years on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and you know what's gonna happen? Jason Tatum is gonna get any an even richer contract for the Boston Celtics when when it's all said and done here. Maybe maybe approaching three hundred three hundred fifty million dollars in, in in terms of, in terms of the contract and 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 to and to, to, and to make matters crazier. Um, that that the that the crazy contracts that that have been handed out um, in the in the NBA over the last few years as it have been staggering, and 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 when and when you tell me uh, that they eat these players and 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 what and what their average and what their salaries are, what their contracts are, 
it, it it's gonna be a gonna be wild when you see this. So, Jalen Brown signed number one at three hundred four million dollars with with a supermax contract. Average annual value is sixty million dollars a year, and in the last year of his contract, 2028-2029, his salary is gonna be close to seventy million dollars. <laughs> seventy million dollars in ter in terms of a contract, which is insane. So I'm happy for Jalen Brown. He got paid, but what the hell are the Boston Celtics doing there? So I want to give you the the the, the other contracts uh, for uh, 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 with, with with everything here. So Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP, uh, MVP, Finals MVP, two hundred seventy million dollars for five years. Next is Bradley Beal, five years, two hundred fifty-one million dollar max extension. Giannis, when when he when he got his super max extension, it was two hundred twenty-eight million. Um, uh, for, uh, for for five years, Devin Booker, two hundred twenty-four million dollars. Carl Anthony Towns, same. Demonte Sabonis, two hundred seventeen million dollars. Renegotiation and bird rights extension. Steph, two hundred fifteen million. Luca, two hundred fifteen million. And uh, and then Zach Levine, two fifteen million. Trey Young, two hundred fifteen. Joel Embiid, two hundred ten million. Carl Anthony Towns, Lamella Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Desmond Bain, all of them got two hundred seven million dollar uh, extensions um, during during this off season. So, this, and Jalen Brown, who who's only been who who's only been second team all uh, has been a two time All Star and second team All NBA once, it, it, is getting more money. That then all those guys, including Jokic, including Giannis, including Embiid, I mean, if if you if you're the if you're the Boston Celtics, I mean, and 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 I, and I think what what should also be noted here is is some of his playoff performances because the last time we saw Jalen Brown on a court, on, on on any court, in 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 a in a in a key time situation, was Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat. A minus 17 plus minus shot eight of 23 from the field, uh, uh, which, which was the second lowest of his 20 games in the playoffs. Eight turnovers, most of any game, uh, any game in, in, in his playoffs, and and 19 points, game score of 4.4, uh, which which was the third lowest um, in in in, the, in his playoff uh, run last year. And also, by the way, one of nine for three-point range. That's definitely not going to cut it here uh, for 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 the, for the Celtics. So, so I think Jalen Brown, uh, you happy you got the money, but but in terms of the Boston Celtics, I mean, come on here, come on. The Celtics are living in planet delusional. So, so today, training camps are now open throughout all 32 teams in the National Football League. So that means we are about six weeks away from the start of the NFL season. And, and what I want to do as the main focal point of today's of this week's episode is I want to give you where, where my head is at in, in terms of how I think the season is going to go. Now... That there are going to be injuries. There, there's going to be crazy stuff that happens between now 
and and the Thursday after Labor Day when when the Chiefs kick off the other season against the, the Lions uh, and kick off the NFL season. So I, I think I'm compelled with 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 with, with, t- with this main segment for this episode for today is to start with the AFC because the AFC is going to be absolutely bonkers this season. Because you 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 can look throughout the entire landscape of the AFC, there are there are in my opinion there are eleven teams, eleven teams in the AFC. When 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 you can stack up the rosters, you 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 can you can compare you can compare the quarterbacks, you can compare the you can compare the rosters, you can compare the coaches. Eleven of those teams are capable of winning ten games this year. 11 teams uh, uh, up to them. Now, not every, not every team is going to win 10 games, but, but, but I definitely see the, uh, the, the scenario here where, 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 where a lot of that can happen. And I think I'm going to start with the AFC East because there are three teams out there that can absolutely uh, make a run to the Super Bowl and win, and win the Super Bowl. Um, if, if we tried, one is the Buffalo Bills. Who, by, uh, by the way, that was uh, the Bills were able to uh, to see Demar Hamlin return to the practice field, which is a gigantic deal. It's going to energize the fan base. Th- then you've got the Jets with Aaron Rodgers throwing darts to Garrett Wilson and uh, and and Oliver Tucker and uh, and and company. Oliver Tucker uh, is is actually their their right tackle, maybe their best offensive lineman. And and then then you have the the Miami Dolphins that and and that Tua to Tyree Kill connection is absolutely dreamy, and, and and you you can you can look at what the Dolphins did. They they brought in Vic Fangio to run the defense. They brought in Jalen Ramsey uh, to uh, to be to be their star corner, pair him up with Xavier Rhodes. That that's going to be a dreamy cornerback duo for for the Miami Dolphins and Vic Fangio coaching up that defense I mean it, it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, gonna be so fun with, with the Dolphins the the big question of course with the Miami Dolphins is Tua's health uh, because because Mike McDaniel is a is a heck of a coach and and we we, we saw the, the the differences between a healthy Tua and a non-healthy Tua when uh, when Skylar Thompson was taking the snaps here for the for the Dolphins. So 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 enter uh, here here is Mike White. He, he here's a good backup quarterback. Mike White's got a much more talented team around him that, than he did last year. So I think the so I think the Dolphins are going to be absolutely in the conversation to go to the Super Bowl. I I I just think is is a lot of it's going to be how how the Dolphins do against the Jets and the Buffalo Bills in the division. Can can they win three out of four games? Uh, against against those against those two teams, I've, if they can, I think they're absolutely going to make the playoffs. But it it it's, it's going to be about how, about how how they handle the competition. So I think that's going to be a, a a real sticking point when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. And, and but 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 I'm also going to throw in the Patriots in, in this in, in this mix too. I I think the Patriots are team twelve out of sixteen in the AFC. Um, as we speak right now, in terms of a confidence level, so I think the Patriots have a solid offensive line. Their, their, their defense is is not is not great at, at any position, but not not that terrible either. 
and of course Belichick be, be, being the coach, and 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 we, and we were all we all wrote off the Patriots at the at the start of the se- uh, start of last season, and and they were a win away from making the playoffs. So you so you can't you can't rule out the Patriots by any stretch of the imagination here when it's all, when it's all said and done here. But I I think the AFC North is going to be brutal. And and uh, I, I I rolled through the, the schedules on the playoff predictor website with the AFC North. I, I as of now we do, I don't I don't have uh, the final win loss projections set in stone. But if the season were to start today, I would have every team in the AFC North win 10 games. That's how brutal that division is going to be. Because we got to start with Cincinnati, who has won the division each of the last two years. And and Joe Burrow is going to be getting his money very, very soon. It's just going to be a matter of when the Cincinnati Bengals pull the trigger and extend Joe Burrow for... Uh, for, for the long term, get, and get something north of two hundred sixty-two mil point five million dollars that Justin Herbert got in, in uh in uh from the Chargers um yesterday. So I I think you uh, you, you look at the Bengals. So you love T Higgins. You love Jamar Chase. Uh, you you, uh, you you love that offensive. Uh, you you love bringing bringing in Orlando Brown to be the left tackle. The the defense I think is solid. But I, I think the thing we need to see about the Cincinnati Bengals this upcoming season is the safety position. Because the Bengals lost two studs at, their, at the safety positions in, in Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Von Bell is now with Carolina. Jesse Bates is now patrolling the outfield for the, for the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Bengals are are going are, are going to be, are be as as great a team as as any in in the NFC in AFC, and and, and I think they are a, they they are a top two or top three team in the conference, and and that's where I think this, the Bengals are going to be, uh, going to be in that conversation, and, but that, and 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 I have the other three teams in that division, uh, I'm making some noise. And and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, caught some lucky breaks this year. I think I first of all I think they've had a great offseason. Uh, that they improved the offensive line. They brought in Isaac Samolo from Philadelphia. They traded Broderick Jones um, in, in the draft out of I believe Georgia. That they get T.J. Watt for a full season. I think the secondary has improved a little bit uh, surrounding Micah Fitzpatrick, who is the, maybe the best safety in the National Football League. They maybe the, the, this generation's version of Ronnie Lott, who is the outstanding safety for the San Francisco 49ers in the eighties. And, and, and is the, and is the less heralded, uh, side of the 49ers dynasty in the eighties. So I, I think you look at the 40, uh, at these Pittsburgh Steelers. Because, because they have their own division, which is going to be a gauntlet in among itself. So, they, but they also have uh, they that they also play um, this this season the it's a, the I, it, this year it's the it's going to be the NFC West they play the AFC South and, and they're same place finishers uh, uh, that they're going to be uh, facing this year they're going to be home on on prime time against the Patriots so they're home against the Packers and, and they and they have the Raiders uh, on the road. Um, as part of their schedule, and I think, and I think the gift of the schedule, 
I mean, Baltimore doesn't have that easy of a schedule. Cincinnati doesn't have uh, Cincinnati doesn't have that easy of a schedule, obviously, because because Cincinnati has to play Buffalo and Kansas City this year. Uh, so, I mean, Baltimore has to play uh, has to play Miami. They have to play so they have to play the Chargers. But 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 the Steelers have a serious case to win it, winning ten games because of Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin ha- has his teams ready to overperform. The culture is unbelievable in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers can absolutely make the playoffs in the AFC and win a playoff game. I, I, that that that's how confident I feel about the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers. Now on to the Baltimore Ravens. And and, and Todd Munkin uh, comes in as uh, is, uh, comes in call, calling the plays. Lamar Jackson received some wide receiver help this offseason uh, 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 alongside his mega contract extension. So I mean, uh, they bring in Odell Beckham Jr. They draft Zay Flowers uh, in the draft. And the thing is, the Baltimore Ravens were, were the most were one of the most dominant teams in the AFC when Lamar Jackson was healthy. And I picked Baltimore preseason to win the division. I picked Baltimore uh, to, to win a playoff uh, to win a playoff game preseason. That obviously didn't turn out the way the, the Ravens had hoped because uh, because uh, because of how how valuable he is. You also have a solid offensive line. I think the defense uh, has improved a little bit. I think we're, I'm still skeptical about their about their um, uh, about a couple of things on their defense, particularly the loss of Calais Campbell up front on defense. So, so I think that's going to be something to monitor. But the one, but the one team in the NFL I can't wrap my head around and leave out of the playoff conversation. And it's a team that's been known to having some dysfunction in that organization. I think the Cleveland Browns can win 10 games this year. I think Deshaun Watson, when you're backed up by the AFC's best offensive line, the AFC's best running back, Amari Cooper at the wide receiver position, Kevin Stefanski, an offensive play caller. I just... Don't I just see the Cleveland Browns winning ten games this year? Uh, because Deshaun Deshaun Watson, and I think people forget what Deshaun Watson is as an as an NFL player when 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 he when he's not having to deal with all the sexual uh, sexual abuse sexual misconduct things. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL when he's healthy. That, that that's what Deshaun Watson is. I, I and that's where I think the Cleveland Browns are going to surprise a lot of people this season and be in the conversation in the playoffs until the very end. And I won't be surprised if I if I put the Cleveland Browns in the field of seven in the AFC come playoff time in January. And also, they have an excellent defense. I think Miles Garrett Gonna will be unleashed like like uh, unlike any time he's ever been in his NFL career by Jim Schwartz, who's now the new... Defensive coordinator, I I think it's it's gonna be a, 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 a gonna be a buzzsaw for for football in the state of Ohio. Uh, but but make no mistake, do not sleep on the Cleveland Browns. I, I think they're gonna be are gonna be excellent this season. Now, now on to, to the AFC South because I, because because I think Jacksonville is gonna win the division. I think they they are the they are the slam dunk best bet of any of the AFC teams to, to win their divisions this year. 
So that'd be uh, because of Trevor Lawrence with the receivers. The offensive line's a bit, bit of a problem, but it's about the Jaguars have the co uh, have the coach and the quarterback. So, so I'm gonna go through the other three teams, and, and, and I and I want and I want to give you my temperature uh, uh, on those teams. And I want to start with the Texans because I think the Texans, even though the a AFC uh, is gonna be a gauntlet. I think the Texans can surprise some people this year. I I, I think D'Amico Ryan's c coming in and changing the culture is is go is going to be uh, something to behold behold with with the Texans. Now I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying go in like Brian Dable. I'm I'm not saying to take the Texans to the playoffs. I'm not saying to, uh, win win a playoff game like the Giants did last year with with, with Dable, who completely changed the, the entire conversation. With the Giants alongside Joe Shane, but 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 I, I think I think a couple of things uh, to keep in mind for the Texans. I mean, you, 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 they 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 and they upgraded the quarterback position with C.J. Stroud. The Texans as as a whole defensively, I think they played their best football down the stretch in in the second half. I I think that they were a much tougher a uh, tougher opponent in the second half when. Or when, when, when their defense was was doing well, making plays. I mean, see Kansas City. I mean, I think because the Texans took the Chiefs to overtime last year, which which was a wild thing to, uh, to believe when uh, with, with with this Texans defense. But but uh, but but they all they also added Will Anderson. They they traded up to draft Will Anderson, which I which I think is crazy, but. A, 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 a prospect like Will Anderson, I thought he was uh, Will Anderson was the best player in the draft last year, and and, and the Texans were able to nab him at number three, and, and right after they drafted C.J. Stroud, so I think the Texans are they, they they could win six seven games this year. I think I think they could, I think they could be a franchise headed in the right direction. So I think the Texans are going to be a team to monitor throughout the course of the season. The, the Indianapolis Colts, the, 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 the big thing about the Colts is, is going to be about Shane Steichen's development of Anthony Richardson. Because Anthony Richardson has so many raw tools uh, uh, in, in, terms of, uh, in terms of individual tools uh, that, that amount to him being the franchise quarterback. Hence why the Colts took him over Will Levis. So, so I think that's going to be a, a, a something for the Colts to monitor. But 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 I, I think the Colts are gonna be the worst team in the division. I think I, right now I'm planning on picking the Indianapolis Colts to finish in fourth place in the AFC South. So that be, because this is the worst I felt about their defense in years. Because I mean their their secondary is filled with a lot of holes. They lost a couple of key pieces on defense. I I don't know what the trust level is in terms of their young players on defense. Like is Quiddy Pay gonna step up in year three? Their first round pick from a couple years ago. So, I I I think I think the Colts are going to be uh, a team four out of four in, in the AFC South, which brings me back to the Tennessee Titans because I I think Rand Carthen had a fabulous off season. Uh, given uh, given the circumstances, so he he, uh, he inherited a mess from John Robinson when you when you look at the quarterback the cap hits of Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and and, and I I think uh, and I like what what the Titans did in the draft as well I, I cuz I really like the Peter Skoronsky pick who was the 
you know, who, who I thought was the most versatile uh, offensive uh, offensive lineman in the draft. So, um, so, I, so I think the Titans did, did, did very well in finding him. So, uh, but, but I also think DeAndre Hopkins uh, it instantly energizes uh, uh, instantly energizes the, the, the Titans offense with, with what he what he can do uh, to the table. So, I, 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 I still think the Titans can, can, uh, can, can win a few games because because of their coaching because, because, I, because I love Mike Crable as a coach and he can flat out coach. So, but uh, I I just think uh, the, the, the the decisions from John Robinson, I mean, trading AJ Brown torpedoed the entire franchise, and and and, and the Titans uh, when the Titans saw uh, AJ Brown demolish his old team uh, when uh, in that game against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, that 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 that's uh, that meant the end for 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 J Rob as the as the Titans um, general manager. So Rand Carthen comes in. Uh, with this, and and I think the Titans, I I think they're they're going to be they're going to be between Tennessee and Houston for the second and third spots in in the a in the AFC in the AFC South when I think it's all said and done. Now, now on to the AFC West, and and I I think the Raiders to me are team sixteen of sixteen in the AFC. So I mean, go, going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Derek Carr to to me. It's a downgrade now. Jimmy G picked the Raiders because of the Josh McDaniels ties, but but Josh McDaniels can coach his way out of a paper bag, and 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 the, and the Raiders have, have, have been a mess all, all the way around. I th I think they have the worst defense in the AFC. I although I do like the pickup of Marcus Peters. The, the Raiders did sign Marcus Peters to one year contract, and the, and I one year one year contract, and I also lo uh, love Max Crosby, but. The linebacker position is barren. The safety position is barren. So, so I, I, so I think the Raiders are are a complete and utter mess. Uh, the, the offensive line is not bad. I think the Raiders can can, can score some points here, but, but but in terms of their defense, in terms of the coaching, in terms of in terms uh, in terms of the toughness, in terms of the culture, I think the Raiders are going to be team sixteen of sixteen in the AFC power rankings when it's when it's all said and done. Now, now the Broncos. The, the Denver Broncos, to me, are going to make some noise because of the brain trust of the coaching staff and, and coaching matters, of course, when, when it comes to, to, to this league. So going from Nate, Nate Hackett to Sean Payton yeah, it is a massive upgrade um, in, in terms of the confidence, in terms of the feel. The, de the defense is still great. I think uh, the, the Broncos have a decent uh, a trio of receivers uh, when, when, you look, when you look at Jerry Judy, when you look at Cortland Sutton, when you look at uh, Tim Patrick, Russell Wilson had as bad of a year as it got last year, and and, and there, there is no reason to, uh, no place to go for the Denver Broncos, but up. So I think the Broncos are, are, are going to be in that conversation. May maybe win ten games, make the playoffs. Uh, we, we will definitely see how how the schedule fares out for this upcoming season for the Denver Broncos, the Chargers. Made a big splash yesterday as they signed Justin Herbert to a five-year record-breaking $262.5 million extension. So, and he's going to be the single, the highest player in terms of average annual value in the history of the National Football League. For now, 
two uh, five years, two hundred sixty-two and a half million, averaging fifty-two and a half million dollars a year. I mean, he's had uh, he's had as prolific a first three years of an NFL career as any in the in the history of the National Football League. And Justin Herbert has an incredible, uh, incredible arm strength. I mean. Uh, he, he he can throw a ball seventy yards down the field and make and make it look easy. Uh, he he's up there with, um, and he's absolutely up there with with, with Patrick Mahomes and and in his first three years, so fourteen thousand eighty nine yards, thirty uh, ninety four touchdowns, thirty five interceptions in forty nine games. So, won the Offensive Rookie of the Year, was ninth in the MVP voting last year, took the Chargers to the playoffs. But but I think the thing that might hold the Chargers back it, it is the lack of depth uh, on the roster. I, I feel like the Chargers are too top-heavy to, to compete in the AFC. Uh, because you never know about the injuries and all that. If the Chargers are hel- uh, stay healthy, I think they're going to have a realistic chance to win 12 13 games but so but 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 knowing Brandon Staley's brain and uh, I, I think that's that's going to be an entirely different story but I, but but I I really like Kellen Moore calling the plays I I think Morse is going to bring a lot a much more much more movement to the offense in, in, in areas where it was stagnant in, in years past and and the Chargers would need to find a way to not blow 27 point leads like they did last year in the in the playoffs against the Jacksonville Jaguars, so so that's going to be going to be a, a big a big hill to climb in my opinion for the uh, for the Chargers, with, with, and and all this talk about about the AFC brings me to Kansas City. I, I I've been I've been weighing this uh, weighing everything in terms of the AFC landscape. With, from Buffalo's defense to Joe Burrow to Aaron Rodgers in that defense to uh, uh, to teams within their own division, but here's the thing about the Kansas City Chiefs: they have the best head coach, they have the best quarterback, they have the, uh, they have the, they have the best offensive line of any contending team in the AFC besides Cleveland. And, 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 I, and I think their defense uh, Im- improved quickly, and, and they and they did a good enough job. Uh, to to uh, to uh, to get past uh, the Jaguars uh, and Trevor Lawrence to get past Joe Burrow, the Bengals, and, and that and that uh, and that high-powered offense in the AFC Championship game in, in a year where where the Bengals beat Kansas City uh, in the regular season and 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 were beaten by them in the previous year's AFC Championship game and in 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 a, in a Week 17 game the year prior. I, I think the Chiefs ha- have have that thing in them. When you look when you look at the coaching, the quarterback, the offensive line, they they, they have all the ingredients you need again, and and that that's something I just can't I just can't wrap my head around. Speaking of the Chiefs, what what they were able to do this off season, what was that they 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 didn't bring back Orlando Brown, they didn't bring back Andrew Wiley. So here, so here's Jawan, uh, Jawan Taylor from the Jaguars. Here's Donovan Smith, who was the outstanding left tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the last three seasons under Tom Brady. And 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 the Chiefs have an offensive line uh, uh, that, that that replenished 
throughout the course uh, of the offseason. And that, and that speaks to the brilliant job by by Brett Veach and what he was able to do the, the, this offseason. So, so I think in terms of how, of how I see the AFC uh, AFC teams in terms of in terms of contenders one through four, and I, and I think it, it and I think it's a four team tier in the AFC. We look at Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and the Jets. So right now, I think Kansas City is number one. I think Cincinnati is number two. I think Buffalo is number three, and I think the Jets are number four. In terms, in terms of teams most likely to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Now, if the Jets had a better offensive line, I mean, Buffalo has, has a lot of questions with their offensive line. So Cincinnati might have a question, might have one question that might be, might be, might be in the guard position alongside Kappa. I, I think if the Jaguars had a better offensive line, I think, I think they would be up there. But the thing Kansas City has that that Buffalo, the Jets, Cincinnati, uh, uh, Buffalo, the Jets, and Jaguars don't have is a trusted offensive line, and 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 somebody's gonna have to go, go through Von Miller. Somebody's gonna have to go through Ed Oliver. Someone's gonna have to go through Christian Wilkins in a, uh, or the or Trayvon Walker or somebody like you, you know I mean like you know Sam Hubbard. In a playoff game, and, and then and then somebody in the AFC is gonna are gonna have to go through Chris Jones on that uh, with Kansas City's defense, but 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 the team best equipped to go back to the Super uh, to go to the Super Bowl in, in for 2023 is the Kansas City Chiefs, and and, and I think that's where 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 the, uh, where I was headed. Now I, I told a couple of my Bengals uh, friends a, a couple of weeks ago that uh, a couple of months ago that. That, that that my plan was to pick can pick Cincinnati to go to the Super Bowl, go to their second Super Bowl in three years, and and and, th- and think things change. You look at the Chiefs, uh, get the Chiefs offensive line. You, you look at, at Patrick Mahomes' ability to uh, to prevent sacks and, ma- and make big make big time plays despite not having Tyree kill. I mean, I I I, I mean the, the, the Mahomes to Kelsey uh, connection is dreamy. I think Sky Moore. Is going to have an outstanding season. I th- I think he, he's going to be a, a deep sleeper uh, in fantasy football drafts. And 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 I think if uh, if if he is available at the right price, I mean I, I absolutely would take Sky Sky Moore. And so it's because if, if Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for five thousand yards again, n- not not all of it's going to go to Kelsey. So, uh, some of it's going to go uh, go go to Pacheco. Some of it's going to go to. Kadarius Tony, but Kadarius Tony's had problems staying healthy. So Sky Moore, I think, is is going to turn into a top top thirty wide receiver minimum this upcoming season. And I think uh, w- w- would be a dreamy proposition for for your fantasy uh, uh, for your fantasy teams. And I think and I think that was a fantastic pick last year by the Chiefs uh, in, in the NFL draft with that. And in ter- in terms of the other teams in the conversation. I'm thinking Pittsburgh. The, the Den- I'm thinking Pittsburgh, Denver, Miami, the Chargers, the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens. I I I I, th- I think that the coaching is is gonna be a big boost for Denver. I think the the roster for Cleveland is gonna be a boost for them. I think the Mark Jackson is gonna be a boost for Baltimore. Uh, coaching, of course, a a, bon- a bonus for Pittsburgh as well. 
So I think there, there there's a, a, a there's going to be some crazy po uh, uh, possibilities here when when it comes to the AFC. N now now we turn to the NFC, and and, and I and I think and that, now I'm going to go through through, through what, what I'm looking at team by team, and and th then go through the the, uh, the power structure in the NFC. I mean, uh, I, I think th I I think the Philadelphia Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC because. Because they 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 have the quarterback offensive line, I I they were they were able to replenish their defensive line in the drafts the last couple of years with with with, with taking the Georgia Bulldogs defense, with taking taking Kirby Smart guys left and right in the first round by Harry Roseman. Uh, they, they they lost a lot and and the Eagles knew they were going to lose a, a lot, but especially Javon Hargrave going over from Philadelphia to San Francisco, which we'll get to in a second. So, but but the drafts have been uh, have allowed them to uh, to replace uh, that on defense. But I, I but I think if, in terms of ranking the defenses in the NFC, in, in the NFC East, I'm putting the I'm putting the Cowboys over the Philadelphia Eagles on on, on that front. I, I I think the Cowboys have have a chance to be excellent this year. I I think if if you put San Francisco and Philly one two, I think Dallas is a comfortable number three. Uh, or, or number three, depending on, on how the division uh, go um, shapes up, and how I th and how, and depending on how the the, the the two big Cowboys Eagles games the season will will shape up. But I, I think they improved the wide receiver position. I love the pickup of Mozzie Smith uh, from Michigan in the first round to bolster their interior defensive line, which which was a weakness of uh, for that going into the season. So, so, and, but now you have a, a team with, with Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, um, Stephon Gilmore, and Trayvon Diggs. And uh, uh, Trayvon Diggs agreed to a five-year, $97 million contract extension, which which I disagree with. But, but, I, but I could see why Trayvon Diggs uh, got, got the money he received uh, because, because, he, because he is... It's uh, a, that, type of, that type of playmaker. But, uh, but, but I, I digress on that. But... Mike McCarthy calling the plays. Dan Quinn coming back to coach this defense, I think, is a gigantic deal for the Cowboys. So I, I so I think the Cowboys uh, have the edge on the defense, but I, I think everywhere else, I think the edge goes a little bit to the Philadelphia Eagles, especially when it comes to the quarterback and Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott. I'll take Jalen Hurts any day of the week over Dak Prescott, no matter the offensive line. Now I want to go to the Giants. My, my my team is the Giants, and and the big news for the two two big things for the, for the Giants uh in the last thirty six hours. One is that Saquon Barkley agreed to a modified franchise tag. Uh, to 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 go uh to report to training camp on time. The Giants had their first practice today. And, and it was all all, all all sorts of fun here when, when you look at it from a Joe Shane and Brian Dable perspective. Because, look, the, the, the running back position is expendable um, uh, now. And I, and I think that's a, that's a realization so I'm, I'm, I'm that, that people need to have. I think Saquon Barkley, uh, to some extent, uh, realized it because if, if he's going to get, if he wants a long term contract extension next year, well, is something the Giants can't do on on the franchise tag. So by um, so by if Saquon Barkley is going to make thirteen, fourteen million dollars next year, uh, I I I think you yeah you, he needed to show up to training camp. I think he needed to cave in. So 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 I think big picture this this was a to me this was a total victory 
for the New York Giants and, and, and getting Saquon Barkley to, to, to get to sign on to the tag. And, and it speaks volumes to, 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 the, uh, to the amazing um, job that Joe Shane did this offseason. And, 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 and to cap off his offseason, Joe Shane signed for the, the second best left tackle in, in, in professional football due to a megabucks contract. Andrew Thomas, second team all pro left tackle to Trent Williams last year. Five year, $117.5 million contract extension. And Andrew Thomas is worth every single penny. And, 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 you, and you notice where the Giants uh, invested uh, the dollars this offseason? Because the Giants handed out th three, uh, three long-term contract extensions th 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 this offseason. One to Daniel Jones, the quarterback. One to Dexter Lawrence, the, the, the defensive tackle. The Giants have the best interior defensive line in the National Football League. And, and then Andrew Thomas, the left tackle. And, and I credit Andrew Thomas' success uh, more than anything to, 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 the, to the great seasons that Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones had. So, because if the Giants get something else out of their offensive line, now Evan Neal's going into year two as right tackle, he better be better in year two. I think he will be better, and I think he should be better. They just need the guards to be somewhat average. I'm looking at Mark Glinski, I'm looking at John Michael Schmitz as the rookie center. The Giants drafted the best center in the draft. Uh, late in the second round, I think that that's another steal by by them, that, and and the Giants brought, brought uh, traded up to, to select the uh, uh, Jalen Hyatt with their third round pick, um, and of course yeah he won the Blitnikoff Award uh, during during the off season, and and I think it's going to be an unbelievable sight for uh, for the uh, for the New York Football Giants, so uh, on that accord. So, so, so I, I think, uh, so I think the Giants had an outstanding offseason, but, but I, I think the roster is improved. But have you seen the Giants' schedule this year, especially the road schedule? I mean, it is absolutely, positively insane uh, how brutal it is. I mean, they they have road games this year against Buffalo, Miami, Dallas, Philadelphia, New Orleans, San Francisco, and. Uh, 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 Alongside Washington, Arizona, and Vegas, that that is a ridiculous schedule, uh, in in the AFC, uh, in the NFC East for 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 the season. So I, I think the Giants are 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 going to miss out in the playoffs, but but they are absolutely headed in the right direction. The Washington Commanders are will be an interesting team this year because. The fan base is instantly energized after Dan Snyder finally sells the team after after uh, running the franchise to the ground over the last twenty years. But 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 to me, a lot of, but much of Washington is going to be how much Sam Howell is going to elevate this team and and, and I like his take from North Carolina, but 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 I don't but uh, but I think a lot of teams don't seem to think highly of him. So, so I think the Commanders are going to be the seller uh, in the in the NFC East again this upcoming season. Now on to the A to the NFC North because because I'm going to go go through this a little, a little briefly here, but I, I think the Lions uh, have have a realistic chance to win their division now that they they did they did receive some bad news when when they lost C J Gardner Johnson to uh, to uh, to an injury. Um, 
uh, 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 in, in, a, in a non-contact play, although it, it, it seems uh, th through the reports that uh, he, that he's going to be okay, uh, and and he's and they said do doesn't appear to be uh to, to be anything serious there, but but I think the Lions like, can absolutely win the division uh, with with the way they played in the second half last year and what they were able to do. Now I di I disagree uh, w w with some of their draft choices in terms of the long term. I mean Jameer Gibbs I don't think is a was a first round talent, but. It's uh, but if the Lions have a great offensive line, I think they gotta find a uh, find a running back, uh, to, to um, uh, to to balance the roster a little bit. So like I I totally see where uh um see I see that logic, especially if it's, it's a if it's a win now team. So 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 it bring, brings me to uh, to uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are are a team that 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 I I think is not gonna have the same luck as they did last year. It's about because I think their defense, uh, I think that uh, um, their defense is the worst, as I mentioned two weeks ago, uh, because I have the NFC North as the uh, as the as the division with the worst defense uh, collection of defenses in the NFL. I think Minnesota is the worst in that division, so I think the Vikings are going are not going to have the luck they had last year, and 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 not make the playoffs again. So, 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 but, but this is going to be all about uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and uh, and, and Alexander Madison running, running up the stat line, running up the scoring for for the Minnesota Vikings because you just never know. Now, now I I love Brian Flores to, uh, as the defensive coordinator over Ed Donatel, who, uh, who was who was completely outmatched all last season. But I just think a talent level perspective is going to be a problem here for the Minnesota, for the Minnesota Vikings this year, particularly on defense. And th then it leads me to the Chicago Bears. And, and I think the Bears, uh, I, I think they're, they're going to double their win total from last year uh, of three wins. Uh, well, because with, with some of the improvements they made on defense, especially the linebacker position, which I think is one of the best linebacking groups in the entire in, in the entire uh, entire NFL, when when you, when you look at what they were able to do, bringing in uh, T.G. Edwards and Jermaine Edmonds uh, uh, to do that, so so, so I think there's going to, but I still think the Bears are are I don't think they they're still a year or two away from, from being a serious playoff contender, and I, and I like Eberflus, I like Matt Eberflus as a coach. He was my number two choice as the Giants head coach behind Brian Dable. Uh, but, but I think all, everything screams um, 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 Chicago turning in the right direction as well. But then there's the Packers. I mean, is Jordan Love going to be the guy that's that's going to be the answer here for uh, for the um, for, for for the Packers? I mean, I mean, uh, the, the the reports so far have not been positive. For the Green Bay Packers this off season, and I think that should scare everybody. I mean, Matt Lafleur might be coaching for his job. Brian Gutekunst is certainly certainly doing this for his job this off season. Uh, this season, and I just think the Packers. Uh, and mind you, the Packers do have a good roster. I I, I like I like parts of their defense. I think I like their offensive line. I think. Um, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, I think, are, are as good of a, a one-two punch at the running back position as any of the National Football League. So, so, so I think the Packers need need to go back to what they were able to uh, to do uh, four four years ago, 
and that would be a run-first offense uh, with 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 a, with AJ Dillon and Aaron with Aaron Jones um, or to uh, or to set the tempo and and, and keep and, and keep the opposing offense off the field uh, for that. So the Green Bay Packers, I, I think, are going to be uh, going to have a rough season this year. Now, now in terms of the NFC South, I, you have three interesting teams. In that division, and I look at the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers because I could see any one of those teams winning winning their division. I, I think this, and I think with the Saints, Derek Carr improving this team over what we, what they had previously with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, I think is going to be great. I think they're going to have an interesting red zone offense if Derek Carr can can improve on his red zone accuracy from last year. I think Jamal Williams pairing up with Alvin Kamara, we'll see how long Kamara is out for. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, uh, is going to be interesting on that front. Chris Olave and Michael Thomas are are, are, are there as a as a one two at the receiver position. Michael Thomas is, is going in knowing he is going to have a lot to prove after that the last th- uh, the last two uh, three years being a complete disaster for him in New Orleans. So so I think you, you have that. They have they have doers on defense, and I think the Saints are right now ranked number one in, in my rankings in the division. Now, th- that that is going to be a toss up between Carolina and Atlanta because uh, because I think the Falcons are going an interesting route and, and we'll see how how effective it is because Desmond Ritter who who I don't think who I think is uh, isn't as over uh, uh, who isn't as underrated as people uh, think he is I think he's uh, I think he's rated a little bit behind where I think he is. But but this is going to be a, a run first offense with with Bijan Robinson with Tyler Volgier, um, uh, uh, with, with 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 the running backs. The offensive line I think is really strong in Atlanta. It's, uh, but I think the defense has improved uh, on 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 all three levels. But uh, when you look at up front, um, with Calais Campbell and the back end with Jesse Bates. So I, I I think if you factor that in, I think the Falcons can certainly win eight or nine games this year uh, in in a in, in a uber tal in a interesting AFC South, which leads me to Carolina, and 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 there are there are gut feelings with Carolina that I think they can absolutely make the playoffs in the NFC uh, in the NFC as a potential wild card. One because I think Frank Reich and Bryce Young. Is is they they're the best quarterback head coach duo uh, tandem in, in the NF, in the NFC South. Uh, I think their defense is primed for a big year, and I think they got better towards the second half. And I think part of that can carry over into this year. Remember when the remember that time when the Panthers uh, drafted all defense with 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 the twenty twenty draft class. I mean, you you have a couple of a couple of good players with. Uh, with with Derek Brown and Uter Gross Matos, uh, uh, who who went who went to Penn State, so I I think the Panthers' defense uh, is the second best in the division behind New Orleans, and I think they're going to be in the conversation here to make the playoffs uh, because because of the quarterback, because of the offensive line uh, improving a little bit, and 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 then and then the and then you 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 have you have a decent group of. Of skilled position player groups as well, but I think the team that's in for the rough time is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Baker Mayfield might be the worst starting quarterback in the National Football League last year, and it's, and it's also going to be a big test for Tristan Wirfs, who is going over to left tackle after they lost to Donovan Smith in free agency. 
So, so, but I, I think the Bucks are team 15 or 16 out of 16 in, in the NFC when it's all said and done here for, for, for that. And but now you have the NFC West, and, and I think, and I think the Cardinals are also in that conversation of team 15 or 16 in the NFL uh, in the NFC. They, they might even be team 32 of 32. In the NFL, I mean, Kyler Murray is out with no timetable for a return. Colt McCoy is not taking them anywhere. The roster is bad. I don't like Jonathan Gannon coaching this team. I think they're going to be closer to the Caleb Williams sweepstakes when it's all said and done here. And I and think same thing too with the Rams. Now the Rams might win a couple more games. Set by and McVay could talk about the pundits not believing in them, but offensive line is bad. They have nobody on defense besides Aaron Donald that could. Can't put them in near the playoff conversation, so I think the Rams are going to be are, are headed for another double-digit loss campaign under under Sean McVay. The Seahawks are an interesting team, but I think their schedule is very tough. So the, the linebacking group remains among the best in the league uh, because you have Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, um, the Wolsters signed a twenty million dollar average annual salary extension over three years yesterday. But, but my issues are going to be with the line of scrimmage and why why I'm not currently sold on Seattle as a playoff team because because of, of the off, offensive line and the defensive line. And and is Geno Smith going to repeat uh, his 2022 campaign where he was the second or third best quarterback in the NFC So as with that? So, th so then this brings us to San Francisco. Um, uh, the, the Niners have great talent all the way around. Uh, they, they got great news yesterday that Brock Purdy is back. He's been cleared to go, and 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 you can finally put San Francisco in in that conversation uh, officially. Uh, and the Niners have great talent all the way around with McCaffrey, with Debo, with Ayuk, with Kittle. The front seven is the best in the NFL. I'm obsessed with my guy, Fred Warner. N Nick Bosa is not going to report to training camp until he gets that long-term contract extension. I know the 49ers are, are, are going to make something happen on that. Uh, Hufanga is coming off an all-pro season, uh, patrolling the outfield there. But but this is where I think things are are, are going to be interesting here between San Francisco and Philadelphia. Uh, I I think the coaching is better in San Francisco. I, I I think the offense in San Francisco is is going to be a, is going to be a little bit better. I think the defense is going to be a little bit better. The 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 one thing preventing me from picking the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl this year is their offensive line because. Look, Trent Williams is, is the best is is the best uh, tackle of of any team in, in uh, of anyone in, in the in the uh, in the NFL. That's why he was first team All Pro. He had his, one of the greatest seasons a, a non quarterback has ever had in this league. So, uh, but but this is going to be a young, inexperienced offense uh, offensive line here. And, and the current starters are Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, uh, Spencer Burford, and Colton Mikovits. So, and John Feliciano is the, is the backup center. So, so the question is, uh, are, are they? Uh, is is any, are, will any of these guys on the offensive line step up in postseason games against Fletcher Cox, uh, uh, against Jalen Carter? I mean, against Maz, against Micah Parsons or Demarcus Lawrence, or or or, or you know. Um, any anyone else? Maybe if it's against Aiden Hutchinson, can you trust their offensive line to protect the quarterback? I mean, Brock Purdy 
is a seventh is a seventh round draft pick after all, and he had a great season, a, a great time last year, um, uh, uh, as the injury replacement. So, uh, but the question will be, uh, will you be able to uh, do do anything special if the offensive line can't block the quarterback, particularly? Uh, if you take Trent Williams out of that conversation, that's that's the thing that's holding me back here from San Francisco, and and, and I think and I think the power rankings in the NFC. I think Philadelphia is number one. I think San Francisco and Dallas are two, three, and I think the Detroit Lions uh, are are comfortably number four uh, when you look at the landscape of the NFC. So with that, and then in the wild cards, I think Carolina is going to be in the conversation. Atlanta, I, right now, I'm, I'm, I, if these were to start tomorrow, I would pencil in Carolina as a playoff team. I would pencil in maybe Minnesota or Seattle as a playoff team. So yeah, you can't rule out the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I can't. You, you even can't rule out the Giants. Uh, with with with, uh, with Dable and Daniel Jones, that they could win a couple of those tough play- games on the road. This, so, so, so this is really all, all, all about so really a Philadelphia San Francisco conference. So, by if if the 49ers get something, something out of the offensive line now, that but but and the argument also for San Francisco uh, is is the gift of the schedule because it's because because uh, they, they get to play Minnesota, they get to play Tampa Bay, two, uh, two teams that I uh, that that I think going to be finished under five hundred this year, and then they they also get Arizona twice, they get the Rams twice, just uh, so I think you you're gonna have that in in the conversation as well when you look at the when you look at the landscape of of, of the NFC, so uh, so I think yeah, that that's gonna be. Um, how I'm gonna how I'm going to track the teams as we get closer to the NFL season before I officially um uh, lock in my picks um the week leading up into the season on Labor Day, so I I it's gonna be all all sorts of interesting on, on how that those battles for offensive line to shake up for San Francisco, so how how I think the uh, defensive line battles are gonna shape up for Dallas. Uh, I, in terms of the Lions secondary, are, are they going to get any help there? And and, and then the Eagles uh, about who who is going to uh, about who else is going to be uh, in in that secondary um, as well, um, and, and the linebacker position, which I think is is going to be a little bit weak for Philadelphia. So I think a, a lot of those questions are going to be answered throughout training camps uh, with that. So I wanted to come on here today and, and, and give you the temperature in the room. I, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you, um, the, the temperature on, on how I feel about all these teams or w- 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 in terms of uh, going into training camp. So all 32 teams in the NFL were discussed today. And, and we'll be back here on the podcast next week uh, to discuss, uh, discuss the, the big winners and losers for the trade deadline. And, and 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 all and all sorts of exciting football stuff on ne- on next week's podcast. So until then, this is John Flynn saying so long, and I'll be back here on the podcast next week. So long, everybody.